This week's episode of Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers provides premium stroller and crib rentals delivered straight to your Disney Orlando resort, hotel, or vacation home free of charge. You choose the time of delivery and pickup, and we do the rest. It couldn't be easier. Book your Kingdom Stroller rental today by visiting KingdomStrollers.com or call 407-271-5301. Vahidi Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait, we forgot to wake up the Glee Club. Hey, howdy, hey, and thank you for joining us here on Enchanted Tiki Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 109 for the week of November 22nd, 2015. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Enchanted Tiki Talk. This week, whoa, we're going to... Whoa, 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 Hold on, hold on. You know what? We've been doing this for two years now. I think it's time for a little change. You are not the host anymore. Hey, come on now. I'm taking over. Are you Zazu? No, I don't want to be Zazu. Iago was cooler. Can I be Iago? Oh. All right, I'm Iago. I have to speak with the British accent. Or That was terrible. I'm going to stop doing that. Never doing that again. That was like worse than my Keith impression. Anyway... <laughs> I'm taking over. So this week's episode, we are back live in my bedroom at the Tiki Bird. At sh- <laughs> it's my bedroom. When I'm here, it's my bedroom. Uh, we are at, we are still live up in uh, Jersey at Sean's house in his Tiki Hut. So we're recording together again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode the last time we did this. So we're going to do it again. If you didn't enjoy it, sorry, we're going to do it again. Uh, this will be better, we promise. Keep right. Listening. So this episode, uh, we're going to do a miscellaneous episode again. We've done this in the past, and I don't really know how it went over with the fans, with you guys, but we really enjoy doing it because it's just fun to kind of chit-chat. I mean, that's you know what a lot of us like to do is just talk about Disney, random things that pop up. So we're going to do that this time. So we're going to start off with Downtown Disney Springs. Uh, you know, it's really, it is officially now called Disney Springs. Uh, you know, construction obviously isn't done, but Disney Springs is official now and you know what are you guys most looking forward to at disney springs well any new stores any new restaurants you know what are you guys looking forward to there well i think actually um it was uh just announced i'm not sure when uh this episode will air but the new restaurant that uh is by art smith um he is this amazing chef that likes to do um, of like southern food, which I love anyway, with a modern of like twist on it. So I think that his, his restaurant there uh, is going to be fantastic, and I can't wait to go and try it. I think they said what like the winter of like twenty sixteen that it was going to open. I think is that's what I read. But I haven't seen an official like everything's going to be done date. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, it'll be uh, off in 20, uh, off of 16 at some point. So that is my pick. What say you, ex-host Sean? Yeah, that's not very cool. It's like it's like the April Fool's Day show we got kicked out of the hut. Once again, it's happening again. Twice to me. This isn't fair. Yeah, that could be pretty good. I don't know what really the menu is going to really be until, you know, once the menu comes out. 
So, you know, as of right now, it's certainly, uh, it piques my interest. I mean, there's quite a few restaurants down there that have, you know, the boathouse certainly could be really good, but it'd be for me to go there and spend X amount of dollars on the steak down there is going to have to be a special occasion for me. I'm not just going to go down there because I'm a Disney and try it um, because, because it is pretty, pretty pricey. So I don't, I'm not going to do that, but the one place that I'm really absolutely looking forward to seeing, and hopefully I can see that on my next trip is uh, Jacques Lindsay's uh, hangar bar. That is, you know, that's my type of place to hang out at. If I had a bar like that near my house, <laughs> I would be there every single night um, enjoying the exotic drinks, you know, the exotic theming, the fun theming. Um, it just seems like it's a, a local, a local's hangout, sort of like uh, um, Trader Sam's at the Polynesian, you know. That is something that I enjoyed when I got to experience that, and I know that I would enjoy Jacques Lindsay's as well. Even if the, you know, I've heard some of the reviews on this, the appetizers aren't that great, but I'm all about the booze. We know that before. I, I like to walk around World Showcase and have a good drink because um, I'm on vacation. You know, I'm not going to do this at or twenty. Yeah, um, I'm not going to do this at home. So uh, yeah, that's probably my number one thing I'm looking most to. To seeing besides you know walking around Disney Springs. As a follow up question to Disney Springs, uh, you know we talked about restaurants. This is a little topical. We don't normally try to be too topical, but the new uh, Chef Art Smith restaurant. Um, most of you guys probably, well, you might not know who Chef Art Smith is, but he worked for Oprah. He's on Top Chef, Iron Chef America. He's a really, really famous celebrity chef. If you're into celebrity chefs, uh, but he has a new restaurant coming to Disney Springs. Kind of a a southern cuisine because that's his shtick uh southern kind of a southern cuisine meets florida local you know farm to fork cuisine uh it's called homecoming homecoming florida kitchen and southern shine uh you know we talked about that actually um the other day when we were walking around comic-con or we were on the bus to comic-con and kind of mentioned it a little bit what do you guys feel about that one we just talked about it yeah. where were you I was looking for the next comment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen and read at the same time. Well, since everybody just ignores what the hell I have to say. Well, maybe just Sean, because he doesn't talk about it. I, did t- I talked about it? Did you? Yeah. yeah. All I heard you talk about was... Man. Man, you're fired. You don't hear me doing this stuff, do you? <laughs> he never... Because you have it planned before two Well, not the last before. time. Nobody listens We've to me. Done it <laughs> I have things to say. <laughs> we'll wait here while Alan comes up with the second question. I'm going to take the microphone back and become the host once again to get us back on track here. Um, <laughs> while he's looking for a follow-up question. All right, next question. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but uh, my friend from California um, texted this to me and said if it weren't so blasted expensive, she would totally do it. Um, so let's pretend for a minute that, you know, I don't want to say money's no issue because then obviously, yeah, I would do it if money was no issue. But ignoring the fact that it's expensive, does this even sound like something uh, you know that would be fun for you? Uh, the Epcot, the ultimate day at Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. You guys heard that? Did you read about that? Well, Sean's shaking his head yes because this is a visual podcast and you can see that. Um, so it's the it's an exclusive VIP tour that lasts all day long. It's your chance to enjoy an exclusive beverage demonstration, special seating for what's cooking with. 
a delicious plated brunch with a celebrity chef, an introduction to the new Sustainable Chew Marketplace hosted by Disney chefs, expedited access to some of Epcot's favorite attractions, VIP seating for Eat to the Beat concert, whoever's playing that night, and then a select viewing location for illuminations, reflections of Earth, fireworks extravaganza, and so much more. So it's basically like a super awesome day at... um, Epcot Food and Wine Festivals, you know, obviously you get access to the booths and things and you get some, probably some Fast Pass, maybe not Fast Pass Plus, they probably just walk you on, but you also get this, you know, you get to have lunch with a celebrity chef and you get to probably, you know, get introduced to some of the Disney chefs and it sounds really cool. Having said that, it is $399 per person. Very expensive. That's why I said, you know, let's kind of ignore the price, you know, uh, you know, it's nothing, it's not worth $400, that's honest, but... I still think it would be, you know, I'd pay, I mean, 200 bucks. I mean, you know, I wouldn't because I, I wouldn't do that. But if it were 200 bucks, I would say that's a fairly reasonable price for everything you're getting for me. What about you guys? I think that, um, man, that's a steep price. To be honest, even when it's not a food and wine, I just like to wander with showcase and stuff and sample stuff. I don't really want to be on schedule. Now, probably would pay for just for the experiences with uh, the chefs. Um, just, you know, um, because that stuff, like, interests me being a chef to see that. I'm not sure if I would pay for, you know, the other stuff that's included in that. But uh, the brunch and, you know, that stuff with the chefs would be really, really cool to do. At the $400 price tag, absolutely not. That's... It's just something that I don't. I wouldn't see any value in that, so it's not something that I would do. At the two hundred dollar price tag, it's something that I more than likely wouldn't do. It's something I I might think about just because some of the experiences in there, and even two hundred dollars is kind of really pushing it. But you're talking about a unique experience. It's not something where you're. It's not an experience where you're just being really. You're not going to be really rushed around or anything like that. So you're, so you're going to be able to enjoy it to. A certain degree, and you are getting some. If look at it this way, um, the E to P concert series. If it's something that you really want to see, and you don't want to waste a fast pass on it, or you want to get a prime spot, you're probably going to spend that extra money just for the opportunity to go sit and and see. There's somebody like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. You know, I've gone to see them. I spent, you know, 50, 60 bucks to see them, whatever the price is. Um, so you've, you take that into consideration that you're getting a, uh, a small concert, an intimate concert, and you're going to be pretty much on top of the stage for the most part. Um, there you might get a little value in that. So it, it, I think it all depend on who was performing that day for me to want to go and, and do this tour. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's really pricey. Um, I, I would put it in the, in the, the possible category but on like the like on the bottom of the possibility category i agree it's a little bit expensive but just something to talk about all right so when we were in new york a long time ago uh we no well today at recording but uh anyway when we were back in uh we were in new york at comic-con and we did the walks of new york disney on broadway tour we met a um, not a list to the show, but she was a big Disney fan and, and she has done some work on some, some various Disney blogs. Um, but she mentioned that she was part of the team that, uh, was for charity did what, 18 straight hours or something on it's a small world. So using that as the inspiration, 
Keith, you can't choose it's a small world. But because that was the one, what attraction, and Sean, you can't choose Stitch's Great Escape. What attraction would be the one that would be just the absolute worst attraction do you think that you'd have to be on for you know, a whole day? You're doing it for charity, so you're going to do it, but would be the most miserable for you to do. Um, if I take Stitch and he takes it to no. Small World? Stitch and it's a Small World. <laughs> Does that work out? No? Okay, wow. Um, let's see. That's, that's tough. Um, I think that I would probably choose Mission Space. Just because the G-forces, the um, enclosed, you know, confined space that you would have to be squeezed into. And I'm, you know, nowhere the size of an astronaut uh, that's really, you know, fit and small. So I would say it would have to be that one. Um, The rest of them, I mean, I could probably tolerate. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take that into the equation... I don't think that's something that they could really do something for charity just because you'd get sick. There's nobody to do that. Well, he didn't, like, qualify it, you know, with rules and conditions, whatever you want to choose. That's true. So I... So then then my choice is easy. It's going to be the teacups because I'd die. I would, you know, I'd be dead, you know. Uh, What's that, you know, my body would, like, would separate and come (laughs) apart. Just because I couldn't handle the, the spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, I just couldn't do it. So uh, for me, it would definitely be that. But you know, going on those the charity lines, there's no doubt I would be able to do 18 hours on It's a Small World. I could do it, um, and I would do it for charity. That's something I would, uh, you know, if the, if the opportunity arisen, I, I would do it in a heartbeat because you know there's so many charities out there, and especially anything that has to do with children. You know, as, as a parent. You know, you take that to heart. I can't necessarily. I don't necessarily want to uh, accept that there are these challenges for for kids out there. Uh, not just meaning that I just, I don't want to accept it because I don't want to see it. Kids don't deserve to to go through any type of hardship. So, um, if the opportunity arisen and if I was asked to do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. Agreed. I would too. Um, so, just uh, <laughs> if there's any charity out there that. <laughs> Wants to see us ride something for 18 hours? Give us a call. What about 18 hours on um, the Tiki Talk attraction? A Tiki Enchanted Tiki Room attraction? I could do that. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. What if the listeners had to listen to us for 18 hours straight? Wow. That'd be tough. Yeah. No one's asking you, Scott Campbell. We already know what your smart aleck response is going to be. Yeah. All right, so this one's kind of more geared towards Keith because he's all, I like to stay at the value. It's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. If I could offer you, so here are your two options. Uh, I, you know, uh, Bill Gates is paying. So you know, here's the thing. Bill Gates says, all right, Keith, you can go to Walt Disney World. I got you. I got you, man. I'm going to pay your bill. You can, you can stay. Let's say you can stay two weeks at the pop or I'll let you stay 10 days at no let's make it let's make it interesting let's make it 12 days so just slightly less time but I'll let you stay at whatever your like holy grail resort is Grand Floridian Wilderness Lodge you know Kidani Village whatever the you know presidential suite at whatever your dream resort is trying to make this hard for you would you finally suck it up and go you know what (laughs) 
even though I'm a park hound, your word, you know, I would I would take the option to stay at my Holy Grail Resort and then, you know, follow that up. What would be your Holy Grail Resort? And Sean too can answer this one, but you're the you're the value guy, so the reason I stay like it the values it's money i mean i choose to stay a longer time and stay at pop century so i get extra time at the parks that's with that being said if someone else is paying for it i would take a slightly shorter time at the parks to experience the bill gates experience of disney world um and uh I probably would think that he could uh, pull off the castle suite at Cinderella's castle. That's tough to get. Well, it's, it's Bill not, Gates. But it's not a money thing. It's a, it's a... But it's Bill Gates. Which means that you have to have the money and the influence to be able to get that room anyway. So I would say, of course, I mean, I would stay... A shorter time uh, to be able to stay inside of Cinderella's castle. Alright, so if you take it from this this point of view, if I was given three nights at Cinderella's castle or two weeks at Pop Century, I'm going to choose two weeks at Pop Century. If you're going to say six days in the castle suite versus 14 days at Pop Century, I'll do the six days at the castle suite. Um, because three days... If I'm going to stay in the, in the castle suite, pretty much like the first day, I don't, I'm probably not going to want to leave, or half the day, I'm not going to want to leave. You know, it's the same thing like staying in the the Polynesian uh, bungalows. You take that in the equation. You know, if I'm going to do, would I take three days at the, the Polynesian bungalows, or fourteen days at the Poly? Fourteen days at the Poly, just because three days, one day, I'm not going to leave the room. Just, I'm just not going to do it. You know, um, so. You know, that's tough. I think it's all going to depend on the amount of time that I'm going to have. But for the most part, I'm going to choose a slightly longer vacation um, because I do like to spend so much time in the parks, you know. So and I'm not really worried about uh, the Pop Century. The value resorts are, are perfectly fine resorts because um, most of the time you're not spending as as much time as a parks. So if you're going for a shorter trip, if you're going for a short trip. Um, you're not going to spend time in the park. So if you're there for a longer time. You know, if you had 14 days at uh, at Beach Club, I would certainly take that. So um, I'm all about the, the amount of time. All right. With the recent change over at Pecos Bills, with the menu change, they went from, you know, burgers and fries to the, you know, let's call it South, you know, call it Southwest food, you know, Moe's, Qdoba, whatever you've got in your neighborhood. Uh, what's a what's a restaurant at Walt Disney World property that you would that you like the you like the theming of it, but you kind of wish maybe they changed the food up? And then what would you want to put in there? Man, yeah, who says I can't host? I talked <laughs> about this the last time. No, you didn't. We yes, did? did. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I did. I did a um, a sit down restaurant. I think. I don't remember that at all. I think so. Stick with quick service, though. Okay. Um, Let's see. I think that I would probably have to choose Cosmic Rays, maybe? Um, (laughs) You you say that as if you're asking me. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's your choice. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, you're sitting there. 
ask me a question, I figure, you know, whatever. Choose whatever you want, <laughs> except for Baker's Bill. Yeah. I think that the theme of Cosmic Rays is, you know, fantastic. But the food there is basically just your, you know, like standard, you know, um, burgers, chicken fingers, that stuff. Um, <laughs> I would kind of like to see a, a more of a modernized menu because it's uh, such a futuristic theme and I think that they could do a little better there. I'm not saying, you know, the like cubes of food the Jetsons had, but to try and modernize it somehow. You know, at first, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it and that was going to be my first choice. Um, I think it definitely needs to have an upgrade because I think the food choices there are kind of pretty boring. Even like the turkey sandwich is not even like real turkey. It's like fake turkey. So if you upgraded that to like a real turkey, like almost like a... Uh, like the, the holiday sandwich that they have at uh, downtown Disney at uh, Earl of Sandwich. I think something like that would be really, really popular as opposed to the, the slimy turkey that they have now. But my choice would actually be uh, Pinocchio's Village House. And what I want to do there is I want to bring back the Monte Cristo sandwich that they used to have there. You know, the, the flatbread peach is all fine and dandy. You can get that at your resort. But I think they need to bring some sort of more unique items like the, the Monte Cristo sandwich um, or bring the, the holiday sandwich over to Pinocchio's Village House. Um, maybe make it more of a, a sandwich-type place. I think that would be a lot more fun, especially because I my my kids love that restaurant just because we can sit by the window. It's a small world, and my son loves to – my kids like to wave at everybody on the boat. So the flatbread pizza is it's it's fine for what it is, but I think the menu is a little bit boring there. I wish it has a little bit more than just the the pizza for the most part. So bring back the Monte Cristo sandwich. I'm all for that. Monte Cristo sandwich is quite delicious, at least the one in Disneyland is. So I'd be on board with that. I like that idea. Okay, so next up, let me ask you this. Um, you know, Sean, you're already a DVC member, so this might be a little easier for you. But No, 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 I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying because you're not a DVC member, you might not have a, have a, have a, uh, an input on this, but you're going to have one because I'm the host and I said so. Um, Wilderness Lodge recently announced, you know, that that's going to be the next expansion. You know, they're adding, um, they're not calling them cabanas, but they're adding waterfront property kind of similar to the cabanas at the Poly. Uh, you know, they're adding more DVC rooms. Um, there's been rumors of a Fort Wilderness DVC sometime. Um, I've heard rumor that they may do what they're doing at Wilderness Lodge uh, over at Beach Club and just, you know, convert some of those rooms over to DVC rooms. There's been rumors of even Caribbean Beach and them coming out with like a separate kind of level of DVC, maybe a moderate level DVC instead of a deluxe. Um, all of that kind of getting thrown in here. You know, what would you like to see done with, with DVC? Would you expand on another resort and so which one or is there a theme of a resort that you think disney should do um and and, and if, if you if you go that route it's not gonna it doesn't have to be exclusively dvc it can be you know regular rooms as well as dvc rooms i have no experience with the dvc rooms i have attempted to you know research dvc and, and frankly i find it really confusing of course you know these two say it's you know it's wonderful and easy and you know once you you know in it everything's fine that's um, which I'm sure it is you know once you get you know accustomed to the rules and policies and points and all of that stuff I'm sure it's easy but um, as far as those resorts I probably would hope that they wouldn't do like anything at Fort Wilderness. 
I think that part of its charm is that, you know, it's kind of like a park and it's kind of a campsite. So um, I would hope they wouldn't um, go in there. Um, I think from, you know, what I've heard from lots of people um, is, is the it's some of the older ones that they started off like DVC out kind of need some, you know, um, like touch-ups and some upgrades and stuff like that. So, I mean, I would say to fix what you have before expanding into others' resorts that are perfectly fine without the DVC added to them. I don't want to, I don't want to see them add any more DVC to existing resorts. Um, the one thing that... I want to see happen, and there was sort of plans on the table in the past, was turning River Country into a DVC resort between um, Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness. And what I would like to see happen is I would love to see a train go from Fort Wilderness through the the new area in where River Country is to the Wilderness Lodge where they're building an expansion. How much fun would that be to have a, a small train where there used to be a train in, in Fort Wilderness You know, back in the 70s? Um, to bring that aspect back to it, you're bringing more things for people to do, but having the ability to take a train from resort to resort would be a lot of fun. And within, you know, the river country area expansion, we'll call it, um, I have to see a, a Western theme, um, sort of like, I guess what they have over in Paris. I think they have like a a Western theme resort over there at Disneyland Paris. Um, and then there, I'd like to have a, a water park where Fort Wilderness, and Wilderness Lodge and the the River Country people could use because I think that would be fun to bring back the old River Country, even if it's on a much smaller scale, you know, the old-fashioned swimming hole. That would be fun, and I think that would really fit in with that area. It would be an exclusive for those DVC members that are there um, and Fort Wilderness people. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a, a huge hit, a huge hit, It'd be a lot. I'm sure it'd be a lot more points to stay at, you know, as opposed to like the Poly and, and the Grand Floridian. But if you're going to get a water park out of it, I think that in itself, as an investment, not an investment, but um, as a purchase, I think that would be well worth the purchase price. All right, and this is the last one I've got before we probably need to start wrapping this episode up. Moment of silence for the fact that this is the last year for the Osborne Christmas lights. You are tasked with putting it somewhere we're keeping it can't stay where it's at obviously because there's obviously a lot of construction going on but your job if you choose to accept it which you do is to move it somewhere now you you can put it you know what we're going to make you put it somewhere that already exists because it'd be really easy to just say well you know let's build a place because you know that kind of stuff pops up in my hometown all the time there's there's christmas light displays that pop up for this the season and then they're gone so you're not allowed to just put a thing up. You got to put it somewhere that exists. What would you do with the light? I probably would choose Future World at Epcot. Um, there, uh, there's tons of room over there. There's you know attractions that are not popular and stuff anymore. It'd be real easy to do that. Um, they they do the um, Christmas uh, traditions. That's uh, in world showcase now so that you kind of have that theme like i said i mean there's a ton of space there uh if you could you know um instruct a few things and put up christmas lights and laser shows and i mean um there's a ton of stuff that you (laughs) could do there so that's my pick so epcot is i think is a really good choice for it not necessarily future world but 
here's my idea. Okay, this is the best one yet. This is this is this is this is going to be killer. Okay, what's the one attraction I always give you the hardest time about? No, I'm not going to say it because I know that's where you're going with what it. What is it? Nope. <laughs> Figment and imagination. What's better than getting your imagination going with Figment than a ride through attraction with Christmas lights where Figment is the host and he uses his and your imagination to make everything happen in front of you. So it's literally a ride through attraction where maybe that downstairs you 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 see different parts of the world on since you're in Epcot anyway you know it's you know it's world showcase in all the countries around you why not have a journey through the world of Christmas lights of, of how different places do their displays so like you have New York City like Rockefeller Center a smaller version of of the old Osborne lights on a much smaller scale you can go to you know, outside over to England and, and see how they decorate. Um, you know, all all cultures. You know, like over in Germany, like they have the outdoor festivals with with lights and things on those lines, and bring that inside. Then you open up the upstairs up, and you have a literally walk through. I mean, like I'm sure that you've seen the rainbow tunnel on the upstairs to bring that back, but make it all out of Christmas lights, and you can have a whole walk through of Christmas lights and upstairs at. Um, the Imagination Pavilion. So not only are you um, plussing that attraction, you're bringing the Osborne lights back in a different way, and you'd be making a whole lot more people happy. Granted, the lines are going to be, you know, long. I don't, you know, you're going to have to develop a whole new system to to, to funnel people through because tens of thousands of people are probably going to want to see what's going on in there. So um, I think turning that and ex- probably expanding that pavilion would be the way to go. Um, and even, you know, adding another movie, you know, through the history of, of Christmas would be a good thing to do as well. As much as I would enjoy that, because I mean, you know, I am a big uh, Christmas nut and I love the holiday season. I don't really see how that you could do that just seasonally though that that kind of sounds like that you have to construct a whole attraction for just the holiday season yeah they do that anyway look first of all the upstairs isn't used that's easily could just stay up the whole year long enough to worry about that okay second they can close for two months you know or over the summer whatever it is so you know or just september and october before they get up and ready for the christmas display so they close that attraction for two months that's not that big of a deal. It's not a huge draw as it is anyway. So it's not that hard. So, you know, looking looking at it that way, it's not it's not a loss for Disney. I mean, they closed the the Maelstrom and it didn't, didn't kill anything, didn't you know, hasn't caused any major problems. So once when Maelstrom opens up, it's easy for them to do that because all the people are going to go on the the new Norway ride. So, um, that's I don't see a problem with it. I think some of our listeners would probably agree that it could be done because most people probably don't do the attraction anyway. So once you throw Christmas to it, it's going to be a whole different ball game. I see uh, what you're saying, and with Disney, anything's possible. So I mean, if anybody you know could figure it out and make it work, it's them. So I'm still uh, hoping for a newer um, figment attraction with uh, popularity you know of, of the comic book series so if they would do that then there is no need for uh, a christmas edition but but yeah i mean um that's a excellent choice too i guess okay yeah i i actually like that idea i mean 
anything to get the upstairs back uh, and anything to keep the Osborne lights because that's it's such a great show and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm going to miss it I know all of us are going to miss it and, and probably the most of, most of our listeners are going to miss that so uh, you know actually my idea uh, they already do it um, you know there's a lot of people who decorate Fort Wilderness with Christmas decorations they could put they could put that stuff over there um, you know don't don't prevent the guests from doing their decorations but you know, add to it and, and decorate Fort Wilderness with the dancing lights and let people go over there and check it out. I think it'd be difficult. You're not going to get as, it would be a lot harder to have people come look at it um, than it is obviously getting an entrance into the Hollywood studios. But I think that'd be a good way to keep it or at least keep some of it and keep that feeling. So, you know, anything would be great. I, I hate that it's gone or that it will be gone uh, or that it's possibly gone by the time you hear this. Hopefully this gets played before Christmas. <laughs> Otherwise, this show makes completely no sense. But, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this whoa, week. Whoa, but whoa, wait a minute now. Hold on there. You took over the hosting here. I'm going to take over the closing. So it's only fair, I think. So we're, right. we're going to see who does a better job as host or as a closer here. <laughs> here we go. So um, that's going to do it for this week. That's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers provides premium stroller and crib rentals delivered straight to your door. For more information, please visit Kingdom Strollers or call 407 271 5301. I'm out of breath. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? All right. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the show. You can comment over in the notes over at Enchanted Tiki Talk, or you can email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. You can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Be sure to like us on Facebook, check out our store over at RedBubble.com, and follow us on Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time and rate us on iTunes. And you can find Alan at... Um, at Norman Bates on Twitter. That's N O R M B. Wait, wait. N O R M N B. The number eight and letter S. <laughs> it's written on the screen. Is it? Oh, Jesus, gosh. And you can find uh, Keith on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all social media at, at Dole Whip Daily. And you can follow me. me. <laughs> One Minute Disney Dream on Twitter at 1MIN Disney Dream and MouseWorldVacations.com. Um, thanks for listening this week. For Keith, Alan, and myself, Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is the <laughs> Tiki Talk Podcast. Aloha. I would do it every time. (laughs) If you don't plug the mic in, it won't record. Check, check one. Siblings, siblings. This is Tom Hanks. Siblings. I'm watching my voice. Okay. I'm testing, making sure it's working. And it is.